Hello, everyone. It's the Ray Johnston Leadership Podcast. Welcome aboard. You're here to hear from Ray Johnston. I'm not him. I'm Brad Lominick. I'll be hosting this episode, Unstoppable Church, Part One. That is this episode, The Unstoppable Church, especially in the COVID season. In this episode, Ray Johnston, along with several other key leaders from Bayside Church, are sharing some great tips on making your indoor services effective and your outdoor services effective, as well as uh, keeping your online ministry going, along with some reopening thoughts and tips. So again, part one, this will be a two-part series, The Unstoppable Church, during this season of COVID. So buckle up, get your moleskin out, get your pen ready, and let's jump in. The Everybody really is asking two questions. Number one is, how do we open up? How do we open up safely? How do we open up smart? And the other one is this. And how do we do that great momentum? The other one is this. Everybody's asking the question, how in the world do I increase online when it looks like it's shrinking? So we are going to cover the first section first, which is, um, matter of fact, I, I sat up, I was in Southern California last week. I was on the beach. The whole time I was on the beach, I was talking to pastors about how to open up what to do, what to say, that sort of thing. So we thought we would just give you all this information that came out of all these phone calls. So, and CJ, interrupt me anytime, but what we've done is we are learning nine things. And if we're going to open online, if we're going to open up in person and create momentum, um, really what we're learning is about nine things. And the first one is a safety team and protocols. Number one is safety and protocols. Now, you're going to have people in the church, most on the political right, that don't think you need any safety protocols. You are going to have some people on the left, on the far left, that think that that no matter what you do, you can't keep people safe. Um, the, we have opened up, but we have a four-person safety team. And John Valinsky, you're on that safety team. What does that safety team do? Yeah, so we've, uh, we, we have like three main things we want to do. Number one is we want to learn everything we can about what are the best practices for churches and for gathering together. So uh, we, we do that. Second of all, we want to communicate that and uh, to everyone on the church staff, all of our key volunteers and key leaders. So we've got a website. Uh, we have uh, a special place people can go to get information, keep all of our campuses on the same page. And the third thing we want to do is uh, we want to make sure it's being enforced and that everything's ha- happening in a safe way. So uh, so we meet once a week and we have an agenda. We uh, look at what are the trends and we try to do everything we can to keep everyone safe. That goes uh, for the workplace as well as the worship. Yep. And, um, and then, John, when somebody checks in, what are they looking at? Yeah, so there he is. Um, Erica, do we have uh, the slide for this? Uh, there's a website that people go to. They do a self-check. And on this, um, this self-check, you're going to see we ask some questions here. Uh, and these are pretty uh, typical. We go a little bit um, maybe beyond what some churches do. Uh, so we have uh, several questions. You can scroll down there, but obviously, uh, five questions. Um, again, this is available. You can get this by texting self-check to 56316 if you're in the U.S. And uh, you can see all these. You can see what happens um, if you answer one and two. Uh, yes, you have to join on-site not uh, or online not on-site. And uh, three, four, and five, 
uh, we do some further evaluating. So this is asked of everybody. Uh, we do have reservation system for ticketing, and these are the same exact uh, questions that you get when you're reserving tickets to join us on site. That's right. And um, if somebody says, well, first of all, we've had churches calling us nonstop to get this stuff so they didn't have to reinvent the wheel. If somebody wants to get it, how do they get it from us? Yes. So what they can do is um, we have, first of all, our resource page is uh, it is thriveconference.org. You can go there and uh, there's a resource tab. Everything that we're mentioning here will be listed on there is or is already listed on that site. Yep. And so uh, and so for us, safety protocols are a big deal. And so including like in-person on-site people, John, somebody, let's just take Granite Bay. Somebody arrives at Granite Bay, they park. Okay. Now we have four services. So what we're doing is we're putting people in one parking lot and then directing the next service to the other parking lot so they don't collide together. Then when they walk up, what happens? Yes. So there is a place where we scan in and make sure they've reserved, uh, make sure they've taken the self, uh, the self-assessment check. If you're a staff, we actually take your temperature uh, on site. And uh, if we find that any of those questions have been, you're not able to say uh, no to that you've been exposed or that you've had symptoms, then we ask people to head out. We haven't had a whole lot of that. People have been self-policing pretty good. At the end of the services, uh, we dismiss people in an orderly manner, one row at a time. So again, they're getting out without uh, colliding with other people. Yep. And so number one is uh, safety team and protocols. Uh, the safety team pretty much tells us what to do. They are in touch with doctors. Um, they are in touch with doctors, not politicians. I mean, not politicians, which tends to be a very helpful thing. The, the second thing that's essential on this is this, clear communication of details. Absolute clear. The more confident people are in the details, like when they're arriving at church, they want to know, oh, I answered these five questions, but everybody answered these five questions. Like, John, is there a mask? Like if somebody arrives and they want to sit down and not take off a mask, that's fine with us. Is there a mask area where they just want to be around people with masks? Yeah, so we've, uh, we've been outside. And so we've not had a um, mask only area because of outside um, people have been comfortable to come. This last weekend, because of the uh, the fires and the smoke index, we had to move everybody inside on our campuses. So we've created a section with masks, people that want to wear them the entire service. And um, and, and what's interesting, very few people uh, have taken that, but you, you have to have that option. And just so that if somebody does come uh, and they may get worked up over it, they've got a section where they can sit. Yep. Uh, the third thing is this, create a great room climate, and it's not going to be the same room climate you had before COVID. Uh, and so, for example, I talked to a pastor of a 5,000-person church uh, last Wednesday, and they were planning on reopening. And I said, do you have round tables? He said, no. I said, delay 10 days and get round tables. Um, everything we're meeting in now, when we reopened outside, we had round tables which are awesome. People love those things. I think we're gonna have a hard time getting rid of them. I mean, they walked up, they set their phone down, their Bible down, their whatever they brought, they set a cup of coffee down, they stood for worship. And the nice thing about those round tables is it takes up space so the room feels full, okay? And so we'll have round tables up front and- There's, a, there's a good picture of this at our in our tent. Um, yep. 
and so and so everybody is sitting the across inside yeah. uh, the, the worship center from this weekend. Yep. And so what happened is when we moved the minute we and just get prepped for this, when smoke hit this weekend, we moved inside. And when we moved inside, we had um, our attendance blew sky high. And we actually had to add a service. Uh, I think it was Thursday. We added a whole nother service. And um, Kurt, was that Thursday we added that service? Yes, we uh, we added it actually Friday morning. We added a Thursday at eleven thirty Friday morning by Friday noon. We have been factoring in a no show factor, and what we saw is the second we went indoors, the no shows showed. So um, we were pretty darn full. That's right. And uh, Kurt's also got a solution for kids check in, and it's yeah, a slip it- and slide. I put it in the chat. I told our kids team that we should just put a slip slip and slide right up to the check-in counter and do a 30% bleach solution for the kids. <laughs> but somehow um, somehow that idea did not get executed as I wanted it to. No so, kidding. But um, we are doing a lot of stuff with the kids that's <clears throat> kind of a divide and conquer. And the one interesting thing, Pastor Ray, is our kids team is saying the kids are all coming in they're, they don't, they've forgotten how to interact with each other. They have been so isolated. They don't know how to talk to someone that's not their sibling. And so we're, we're seeing just a lot of opportunities for ministering to kids right now because of how hard this has been on them. Yep. By the way, the round table thing, um, we are using those and it might be a permanent thing for us for at least a year. Um, because when they were just in rows, it looked so weird and abnormal to have people, two people sitting here six feet away and six feet back is another section of people, all this stuff. And everybody, it was so awkward feeling and all that kind of stuff. And so we pretty much have gone, look, just clear the room, whatever we have to do. And we're using round tables. Um, when we moved inside, I'll talk about it a little bit, but when we moved inside, we were technically breaking the law. And so I'll come back to that in a minute. But we back to number two, clear communication details. We basically said because of the amount of smoke in the atmosphere, you are safer indoors this week than you are out of doors. And so we were able to give people clear communication on that. Um, the, so in a sense, whatever you do to create great room climate, pretend you're planting a church, which you kind of are, kind of set up the kind of room you would do for a church plant where everybody feels good. It feels good to you. In a sense, you're building a little bit of a massive living room. Those tables turned our worship center into a living room, and it felt full even when it wouldn't have felt full in these awkward chairs. Number four is this fun factor, okay? Fun factor. People these days are depressed. They've been home. I think they've actually forgotten how to laugh again. So what we have started doing is this. We have a couple people that are pre-service hosts. We've never done this in 25 years. And they go up about seven minutes before the service, and they just have a fun. They have fun with the audience. And so it's almost like we have a pre-service show right on there, and it just breaks culture, and people don't feel weird. And it's that might also be a permanent feature. We never thought about it before until there. Um, the, John, you've also done some stuff like just created to help people have fun. Like at Adventure, you set up I don't know, we, it was a drink bar or something. Yeah, we, it was uh, yeah, not a drink bar, but uh, yeah, LaCroix, that's what I heard. LaCroix bar, uh, all different flavors of LaCroix. And uh, we have a guy on staff named Zorro. He's an internationally known drummer. He was once named, I think, one of the 
top drummer R&B drummers in the world, and he's a real fun character. And he runs the bar. He's like the bartender. He'll do. He does all kinds of fun stuff. People love it. People are posting pictures of them with their Lacroix, and it just creates a great atmosphere. Yes, and for those of you that are going to go online, it is a Lacroix bar, not a drink bar. The but anything you can do to have fun with these people right now, people are so fried. Anything that's enjoyable, do it. Um, the number five is this: shorter services. Shorter services. All our servings were before COVID were probably somewhere between forty and forty-five minutes. If it were Kurt and me, it would be anywhere from forty minutes to three hours. Um, we. Um, our services last weekend were about what, Kurt, 50 minutes for the whole service. Yeah. I think that was, was pretty accurate. Most of our yep. campus are hitting that mark. Yeah. And the, and it is, it is worship. The offering is being taken early and that has enabled us to do more services. So like our service times at Granite Bay last week were 8, 15, 9, 15, 10, 15, 11.30 and then 7.30 at night. And the fact that we are having shorter services, frankly, nobody's complaining that the sermon's too short, uh, and which is weird. Uh, but it's enabled us to do more services and handle more people and keep them safe. Um, the, uh, the sixth thing we're learning is this, mobilize reoccurring online giving. Mobilize reoccurring online giving. And we actually... This is a huge deal. If your church is going to be financially healthy, which is a massive concern for all of us, the only way to do that now is to move it to online giving. And John, you've been, you, you surveyed some of these churches that are doing this globally. They basically are going, there's a one step one and step two. Yeah. So um, obviously when people are online, you want to try to keep them engaged. There's a couple ways to engage them. One of them is through giving. And uh, there's two things that we see for the key to growing uh, online giving. Um, I know CJ will, will talk about reoccurring giving. So we get people to sign up, not just to give, but to, to have it happen every week. Um, but there are two things we see. Number one, is there a way to get somebody to give a first gift? And you create a low entry point. So maybe it's an offering, you know, like we did one this week for the fire victims. People may not be regular givers, but they may go, hey, I'll send in $5, $10. Once they've given, your, your goal is to give them to give a second time. And when I talk to Elevation Church, they have a whole treatment stream of what they need to do to get somebody to move from first time to second time. They spend a lot of time, a lot of energy getting people to give a second time. Once somebody gives a, a second time, you know what they do from there? They do nothing because when someone gives a second time, they're hooked and they become regular givers. And so you want to find a way to do that. Again, we call it a treatment stream. You want to move them along. And here's a good question to ask yourself. Do you or does someone in your church get a list of first-time givers on Tuesday morning every week? If, if no one is assigned that task, you're not really following up maybe the way you should or the most effective way. You're going to have someone that's looking at those first-time givers uh, we send them a letter, reach out to them. We do a few things and uh, try to encourage them and thank them for uh, their generosity. Yep. And Scott Shaw just texted in and said, um, we are right now about 70% of our giving is online. Um, the other thing is this, the chat stream is blowing up with this. What our shorter services, by the way, our shorter services, um, people are saying, what do we do about cleaning? Yeah, we've got this team, this guy named Ben Jones is our facilities guy at Granite Bay. And man, he's amazing. 
totally safe, totally excellent, but they've been literally clocking themselves um, on how fast they can spray every chair, wipe down every table, wipe down every door and doorknob. They've got these spray machines. I'm sure you've seen them, uh, any of these setters. They've got a toll team doing the tables. It's a different team. And he's literally out there with a stopwatch getting it absolutely kind of NASCAR pit. So ready. It's kind of fun to watch. But, yeah, that's how we're doing it. So we literally tell people down the service, don't have to leave campus. Stay in fellowship. But as you exit, number one, be safe. As you fellowship, be safe. But please leave the room a little quicker. Give our team a chance to get after the room. So that's what we're doing. Yep. Um, and and it's in a sense, and you and we tell people this stuff. You know, we say, hey, look, these things have been sanitized before you got here. They're going to be sanitized afterwards. It increases their anything we can do to increase our people's confidence that we are keeping them safe is a really good thing. Uh, number so number six is mobilize online giving now. When some of you hear this, or you're going to be hearing this, you know, as this blows up online afterwards, um, some people are going to be going, well, is it right to focus on people who give, things like that? And I want to make a side comment on this. If somebody has the gift, if somebody's got worship gifts, we acknowledge those, surface those, and put those into action. If somebody's got leadership gifts, we acknowledge those. If somebody God is blessed financially and has gifts of generosity, we would like to surface that and put that into action so that the kingdom of God goes forward. So anything we do um, that encourages generosity, the church is going to be stronger, and I think they're going to be spiritually in better shape. Uh, America, so anyway, we can do a whole thing on giving it some other time. The seventh thing we're learning is this, um, over-communicate why we are doing what we're doing. Over-communicate the why, okay? And uh, for example, we over-communicate safety protocols. Why are we doing this? Why are, we, why are the services shorter? Because we want to keep you safe. Um, the other thing on this is kind of a sub-point of this is you have to answer both sides. Because anything you're doing right now, the political parties are trying to basically demonize the other side, which means you have to say, like, I, I will upfront say, some, so I will up front say some of you, well, if we say wear a mask, you think we've caved into the government. The others of you that are on the other fringe say if we don't require you to keep them on the entire time. I say we understand this. We And here's the word. We are trying to give you options. We're trying to give you options. So it's almost like you've got to answer the questions that are rattling around in their heads without them having to ask them. Okay. So over communicate whatever it is, why you're doing what you do. Like this weekend. When we moved indoors, in California at least, uh, our Placer County's at a lower stage where we can reopen some stuff, but we were going to have, what we did was technically illegal, kind of like driving over the speed limit, which I'm sure nobody's ever done. Um, but it was technically illegal, which meant we had to over-communicate why we were doing it. And we said, it is unsafe to be outdoors. You don't have to come to church, but if you want the option of coming to church, we are moving indoors with all safety protocols intact so that you can worship God in a safe environment. So we over-communicated why we were moving indoors, okay? Number eight is this, prepare in advance for a disaster. Prepare in advance for a disaster. So I was in Southern California. When we moved inside, I hopped a flight and moved back. Okay. And the reason I did that was Kurt was preaching at Granite Bay this weekend. Our attendance was blowing sky high. And, um, and so I actually went, I'm going to come home because if the authorities come and they're going to arrest somebody, I wanted to be the guy that got arrested. 
Okay. And so, um, because Kurt had to keep preaching. And so I thought that they're, they're going to arrest somebody. So I had to basically, I went, there's a disaster. The disaster that could occur that week is authorities could have sh showed up and shut the services down. Mm -hmm. I actually thought that was a legit possibility. A more likely scenario was the fire marshal would come and he would order us to stop. And we would say to him, hey, we have, with, with all respect, sir, we have a constitutional right for freedom of assembly of a constitutional right. For worship. We are following all safety protocols. Everybody has been checked in. The casino nearby has a lot more people in it than we do this morning. And so with all respect, we're going to execute our constitutional rights to gather and worship. However, we are following all safety protocols before, during, and after, and it's sanitized. And then they would have probably fined us. Um, and if they find us, we were ready to get up and take a second offering. And it would have been a massive second offering. I was kind of hoping we'd get fined. And the, well, we were kind of hoping for the arrest because we run a long <laughs> no ministry over at Folsom Prison. <laughs> no kidding. We have a church in Folsom Prison. I could have gone to our own service. Uh, and so, but my whole point in this is this, in a sense, if you're going to move inside or you're going to start, prepare for what could go wrong. Prepare that in advance. I had actually prepared what I was going to say to the media, what I was going to say to whoever showed up. I had prepared the entire thing in advance um, just to be ready for it. And Number nine is this, be flexible, be flexible. Flexibility is your friend. We have a phrase at Bayside, blessed are the flexible for they will not be broken. Um, and so Kurt calls me on Wednesday and says, hey, the numbers are blowing up. I don't think, I think we should add a service. I told Kurt, there's going to be a 40% no-show rate. I don't think we should add a service. Kurt said, I think we should. So I went, I should be a little flexible. So Kurt added a service and it was a good thing. He added a service. He was right on that. Um, we Flexibility is going to be huge. We were meeting outdoors. We moved indoors. Right now we're going, are we going to be flexible enough to move back outdoors? We don't know. Um, they might, because of the smoke, we know we're indoors for at least another week. And at the end of that, we're just kind of asking the questions, what do we do? Um, but on all of this kind of stuff, um, if we could train our people to be a little more flexible and we could, the church is not known for being flexible, try to change the service time somewhere when there's not a pandemic. So flexibility is a really, really big deal. Those are just the nine things we are learning. But the major, major thing we are learning is over communicate the why and create environments where it's a win. I like, matter of fact, I talked to somebody today and they said, I actually like our worship environment last week more than I liked the, how it felt before COVID. And some of that was round tables and all this kind of stuff. So we're going, maybe we're learning things about creating better environments where it feels more conducive to worship. So the other thing I want to say, and then I'm going to flip it back to John and CJ, is this. Uh, I had the privilege last week of spending a day with Brian Houston. And... Um, I did a I did a webinar podcast for Brian. I, I'm sorry for Brian Houston. I had a I did a webinar with Brian, and then we flipped it, and he shot me for his program that they go with in Hillsong. And so in two weeks, we're going to put that on. He is the best dreaming leader. I mean, there are 80 Hillsong sites right now with about 180,000 people attending them. He's also the best culture setter I've ever met. So we had an in-depth conversation about dreaming and culture that is going to be really fun. We'll be unleashing that on this in two weeks. So John Valinsky, back to you, man. That's right. So, hey, we, uh, we've we got 10 key learnings for online church. 
Uh, th again, this list has been uh, put together from some interaction we've had. Not sure we'll get through all these today, but um, we'd love to just share one of them. Ray already alluded to one of them, CJ, is um, as I've talked to these key leaders, they acknowledge online churches constantly evolving concepts. They are learning as they go, just like us. There are no hard rules, but some guidelines. And CJ, you're working with a lot of churches. Um, what are you seeing in terms of that whole flexibility? And, and have you learned uh, some things since we started? Yeah, I think first off, that's you're right on. You know, for many uh, of us, there have been some who have been doing this for some time. But, you know, almost overnight, we had 100,000 churches essentially starting to go online and, and, and streaming their services online. So that's a lot of churches that are learning for the first time, trying to get their audiences and their communities, you know, on there, trying to get their stream seen. Just getting it up online is one thing, getting it seen and getting people to engage in that. That's a whole other thing. And so uh, I think it's important, uh, just like you said, to acknowledge that. There's still a lot of learning here, and that's okay. Uh, in the startup world, um, in, in another life, when I was in the San Francisco Bay Area there, they had a saying, fail early, fail often. You know, and really, it was just to try to encourage, get through those learnings as quickly as you can so you can focus on the things that are working and start really maximizing those things. So we are most certainly uh, in that point in time right now as it pertains to online services. I was just thinking, Ray, we should put together a list of things that we failed at uh, over the years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, it, but it would take too long to read it. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> true. But, but we've failed at so many things and you sit there and go, but yet, you know, you keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, the second thing here is online, and this is what they're saying, online is not just for those who can't attend. There are some people that are going, well, online, you know, these people can't attend, so we're watching it. Obviously, there's a lot of people that are in that boat. But we've learned that people are choosing online as a preferred option. Christians attend church once every three weeks in, in some surveys we've seen. So um, online has actually become a, uh, it's again, some people are doing that and we just can't ignore that. We've got to be able to engage them. Uh, CJ, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, you point to that macro trend where people were going to church every, you know, every three weeks or so for a variety of reasons, busy schedules, travel, there's all kinds of, of reasons, but they still feel very committed to their church. They, they serve, they give, um, they just don't always attend, which is a very new phenomenon for us. And so when presented with an option to join online, many people do. So I think it's uh, just a factor to consider and, and making sure that that's not just an afterthought, but that it is something that is engaging and is something that uh, people want to interact with. Yeah. So, Ray, what are your thoughts on this? Again, there are people, you know, you're, you're hearing people saying, hey, you know, I'm going to start going to church online. What are your thoughts? And you see this as something that's going to be a trend that will continue. I think the word of the day is options. And I mean, I think people need relationships. They need connection. Uh, however, people are going to do what they do. And so I would go, people need God. They need, they need to be fed spiritually. They need to be nourished. Um, my theory about everything is always this, man. Nobody lives well, loves well, or leads well until they think well. And if we can give them great stuff online and they think better. You know, now, part of us helping them think better would be to get them in a relationship. 
Yeah. No. And so on that stuff. But it's funny because we're if any of you have any uh, solutions to this stuff, throw it in the chat screen or connect with us. Our global Thrive Summit had 6,000 people on site. It blew up to a half million people. And that's probably a conservative number on what was really there. And um, and if you're going, well, that, that's that multiplier thing. There, CJ, there were 434,000 distinct devices on that thing. Is that right? Yeah. Which And so next year, we're going to do it in person and online. We're asking the question, how do we do it? so that the online audience doesn't feel like a secondary audience. And so, so we're really asking this It's the same question about a worship service. Both, both groups of people need to feel like you are their primary concern. Yeah. You know that, and that, that having that connection in community is so important. And one of the things that uh, these churches are saying is that they, they don't hardly ever announce online church without saying, uh, host a watch party. Uh, get someone to, to join with you. Uh, do not watch alone. So, and especially in, in this era now, and as COVID restrictions are starting to loosen up in some ways, uh, gather with your neighbors, gather with some family, gather with some friends. I know, Ray, you guys, your family, uh, when we had no on, on-site options, you guys did that as a family. You guys oh, yeah. <laughs> Right now, it's the only good thing about being a pastor right now, because it's World War II with everything else, is Sunday mornings. Now that we're starting to meet, that's kind of over. But I remember early on, I went to a donut shop, got donuts. All my kids came over, and we had a ball eating donuts as a family and watching the service on TV. It was great. And I thought, I haven't gone to a donut shop and done it with my kids for 30 years. So, yeah. they, I mean, our people are thrilled about church restarting. I'm not sure our pastors are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and I think to go along with this is not, you know, make sure you're not watching it alone, but also making sure that there is somebody that is connected with the people that are watching. Um, online shepherding, pastoring has to take place. Yep. And uh, a lot of the churches I talk to, they're doing it by region. So they'll, they'll find people that are in a region and they have someone from the staff assigned to them. Uh, it's their pastor. They connect together. Sometimes they do a watch party in a region. So they'll, they'll, there's technology that will allow that to happen. CJ, is there any technology that you're seeing that allows this easier than other technologies to have a group of people watch together with a moderator? A lot of folks are using the built-in watch parties within Facebook. So you guys are probably seeing, you know, somebody may watch on Facebook and then they host a watch party there and then 10, you know, 12 of their own friends jump in on that because, you know, they start to see that. Uh, so a lot of folks are using that. Um, some more advanced platforms are allowing you to do that right from within the church's website. So you go to the church site to watch the stream and you can kind of organize your own watch parties there if you'd like. Uh, but again, we're pretty early on a lot of this. So figuring out how we encourage people not to just consume content, but connect with that, with it and with each other. Uh, the technology as it relates to just the church side of things is still kind of catching up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Hey, well, John, yeah. John, can I add one more thing about the, about the, um, the in-person thing? Yeah. Uh, I have lost track with how many pastors I've talked with that are under attack. And I thought anybody leading it, anything is already under attack and it's going to get more intense. And, um, 
And I, somebody said to me, how in the world do you handle it? And I said, I actually have a lot of support. Um, the, and I told this person, I said, I have far more support than almost because of our staff or, you know, just different relationships. I have far more support than most people that are listening to us talk about this stuff. And so I would just say to you all, uh, your challenges are rising. Make sure you get enough support. And if there is any way we can support you, let us know. I mean, I, these days, people are going to need support levels that are higher than anything they've ever had before. And it's not, it's not just change. It's COVID. It's economy. It is politics. It is everything. So i just say this. It, I would word. encourage people to get the support they need. That's very important. All right, we'll take one more of these and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up for the day. One of the things we wanted to do, Ray, was we wanted to uh, get some ideas from folks that are listening right now. So in the chat, if you would uh, set us, are there some topics you would like to hear? Are there some questions you'd like to see answered? Or are there some guests you'd like to have us uh, have right here on the webinar? Go ahead and put those in. We're gonna uh, calculate those and then we'll respond. Um, the last one, and again, there's there's 10, we're at number five, um, invest money in marketing your services online. And uh, it's interesting, whenever we're dealing with our accounting folks here at Bayside, they'll come up and they'll go, we spent so much money and I always stop them and go, we invested. So invest in marketing online. CJ, you wanna talk a little bit, you run a whole seminar, webinar on this, but maybe just a little quick thing on investing money in online marketing. Yeah, well, the truth is, you know, this hasn't been anything new for us uh, in other areas. You know, many churches that I know were accustomed to sending out mailers, you know, invited cards, a lot of different things that we've all done. And we saw those as worthwhile investments, you know, and now that things are moving online, we have to think the same way. Um, there's a very technical and functional side. You know, a lot of these platforms that we're, we're streaming our services on require us to pay in order to get that reach. But we're talking about the cheapest forms of advertising and marketing that are currently available. You could reach millions of people for pennies on the dollar. So there has never been a time for a church in particular, no matter where you are across the US, to reach more people than you ever could. Uh, we, we've seen this on Easter, Christmas for Thrive, reaching you know, people for, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, less than a penny you know, and so what we would end up spending in a lot of other advertising forms, we, we were actually able to save a lot more money uh, for, the, for the kind of impact that we were able to get. So boost all of your services, right? It doesn't make sense to have your service out there and then not, make, not have people see it. Make sure you're boosting those posts and those services and then consider doing some advertising in your area to get people to watch. Yeah. Now, yep. um, CJ, we use a, a digital dashboard here at Bayside, um, and it has been really an incredible thing. It helps us stay on top of comments and our ratings. So uh, we're just give a quick word about that. Uh, you can set that up for us, and people can get that. Uh, you can help them get that as well, correct? Yeah, I'll put a little link in the chat for you guys. I mean, I can't think of, and I've been in this industry pretty much my whole career, I can't think of a time where knowing what is going on out in the digital domain, whether it's comments on a blog, comments on Facebook, what are people saying in YouTube, you guys, you cannot keep up with this 
on your own. This requires technology to be listening 24 hours a day about what is being said about your area, your church, your pastors, whatever it may be. So you need technology. About a year and a half ago, we used, uh, we, we implemented the technology across all our campuses. So whether they were tiny startup campuses or well-established campuses that would allow us to listen to anything being said out there so that we could address it. We've had uh, folks who have, you know, uh, we did a big serve day, which is the big, the big um, case study that we use. At our arena, we had a group wanted to protest that. They knew it was going to be a big, a big event. Well, we were aware of all of the organization that was happening there. We were able to notify our security teams, our ushers. When we got there that day of, we were totally prepared. In fact, a good half of those people who organized to protest against us ended up coming into the service and joining us. So I, I can't stress this enough right now for your leaders, for your church, for your pastors, have some kind of technology in there that is doing some reputation management, that is doing some listening for your organization. So it does, it's not expensive at all. You can get this stuff for about a hundred bucks a month. It is absolutely worth it. That is incredible. Well, hey, thank you, everyone. Ray, you're muted there. Um, I did that. Sorry. Not anymore. The uh, <laughs> CJ, next week, we'll start with about a seven-minute interview on what that is, how it is. In a sense, we'll have you give an overview for that for people that still use a VCR. So, <laughs> so Jack Hamilton will be listening. So, that's great. All right. So, again, as we said earlier, you can get the resources online at thriveconference.org. There's a tab for resources. Make sure you follow us on um, Instagram and Facebook, Thrive Conference, uh, all the materials on there. There you go. Again, the Unstoppable Church Part 1. We'll be having Part 2 on the next episode. Here's what we'd love for you to do. We'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast in, uh, in whatever app or however you get your podcast. Also, rate and review because that helps us. And if you need any further resources, thriveconference.org, you can find the information. You can also also watch uh, several of the webinars, the videos from past events on thriveconference.org. Thanks for being a part of this. And uh, we'll continue to bring you great conversations, great interviews, helpful, practical content. That's our goal. We want to help you lead better. We want to create healthy leaders that are leading thriving churches. So on behalf of Ray Johnston and the entire team, thanks for listening. And we will talk to you again on the next episode.